Welcome to the Business of Beverages, drinks industry insights with makers, marketeers, and mischief. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Beverages. I'm your host, Will Keating, and I'm joined by Mr. Podrick, Foxy Fox. Hello, Will. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Are you ready for your quiz? I am. I am. I finally won one after a long <laughs> losing streak, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buoyed by confidence. Well, I think you're going to do very well this week, but we'll see. So... I'm going to go first. I'm going to get straight into it, right? Because I think this is going to be short and snappy. Right. So for five points, this drink is only produced in one specific European country. Is it pastis? No, it's not pastis. Oh. I wonder if pastis is made in other countries. I've never never seen it really outside of Marseille, general region. well, Well, sorry. It's in, there's a bottle of Perno in every pub in the country. Well, there is, but they seem to be particularly proud of us in uh, that, That's that true. region. Yeah, yeah, and plus they would probably be horrified if they, they saw us drinking it with blackcurrant. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> that, that would not have been nice. well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in case you're wondering uh, and you think I'm joking, Perno and Black was in the 1970s and 80s, and you know a r- relatively popular drink. Yeah, I, I think Saracens Rugby Club have some sort of a tradition around like mixing a drop of water in with Perno after a game. Well, that's obviously how you should drink it, or at least how they do how they drink it in Marseille. Okay, so for four points, this drink is made from a mix of malted and unmalted barley. Malted and unmalted. That could be a dry Irish stout because technically roast barley is unmalted. Is it a dry Irish stout? It is not a dry Irish stout. You are correct. You are absolutely correct. Uh, actually, dry Irish stout, quite routinely, is made with roasted barley, malted barley, and unmalted barley. Oh. But, okay, for three points, the name of this drink is thought to derive from a type of still. Oh, no, I'm not good on stills. They're, they're all named after Scottish people, for the most part. Uh, <laughs> I really, I thought we'd, I didn't think we'd get this far. I thought you'd definitely, so just take your time, have a think. Like, like a still, like a, like a distilling still. Yes. That makes spirits. Um, What's the simplest type of still that there is? I don't know. Is it a pot still? Like, is, it is? Uh-huh. So what? what? Is this pochine, is it? No. No, what? It's like you kept looking at me when I said pot, and it was like, oh, wait, pot, pot, gene? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm afraid. Okay, I, 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 yeah. I, I'm so deep breath. So no, it's not pochine. Slow down and think okay, about this. All right. So for, I feel like I'm back in school for it's two like, points. For two points, this style of spirit was almost extinct, and only a handful of commercial examples remained in the 1980s. The most famous of which is named after a type of bird, like redbreast. Yes, which is a pot still whiskey yes oh right (laughs) (laughs) yeah single pot still whiskey pot still whiskey Uh, yeah you you really have to hold my hand and walk me up the path on that one (laughs) i'm sorry i like yeah maybe because i i know you like your whiskeys and i know you have you have a collection of whiskeys uh, it's, it's getting smaller actually because uh, like yeah, well no no uh, g- genuinely um, I just sitting there over lockdown and there was an awful lot of bottles of whiskey there that I figured I'm possibly never going to drink so yeah uh, traded off a couple of them well 
Uh, you may or may not have had a couple of single pot stills. Single pot still is one of the four, that's the last clue, one of the four styles of Irish whiskey, uh, blended Irish whiskey, uh, single grain, single malt and single pot still whiskey, which are a, uh, it's unique to Ireland and uses a mix of unmalted and malted barley which was believed originally to, to have been a tax-saving device, but I think there's a lot of dispute about whether that's actually the case or not. If you're not O'Connor, it would know. We should yeah, get him on. We should. Uh, yeah. And Redbreast is, uh, is a fantastic example of, of the range. Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, all right, well, two, two, two points. Two points, two points. Uh, I feel like uh, pressure's off you a little bit now. Well, we'll see. I, I didn't do so well last week, so <laughs> let's, let's see how we get on. Okay, are you ready for your five-pointer? Yes. Okay, so for five points... This beverage originated in Venezuela in the year 1824, where it was invented by a German surgeon, but moved production lock, stock and barrel to Trinidad and Tobago in 1875. I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've made a pause of this. I'm oh, sorry. You know the answer. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it is Angostura bitters. It, it is. Uh, and I've just realized I've made a, an error that was supposed to be the four pointer. Uh, because it was like bitters in general was going to be the the answer, and yes. I had uh, so yeah, so the I had most famous example. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, the the second most famous example is uh, one of the other popular brands is used in the Sazerac cocktail, the official drink of oh, it's uh, Pichot. Pichot, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I've never, I was never sure how to pronounce until I heard somebody say it. It's like one of those things. How is it spelled? P y c h a u d. Yeah, yeah. Pichot. Yep. Yeah. And there's there's loads of different bitters. What were the other clues? Uh, ABV is 35 to 45%, um, but is relied on far more for flavor than alcoholic addition to, yeah. a, uh, to a cocktail. Uh, it's a neutral alcohol infused with herbs and spices, botanicals, etc. Uh, and it, for, for the one point clue, it is what makes an old fashioned an old fashioned and gives Manhattan its signature flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big fan of bitters. One really tiny tip that um, I picked up over the years from, from various different bartending buddies uh, was to take it, put it into one of those travel spray um, mm. sprayers, atomizers, put it into a little travel atomizer, and then you can, rather than just dash it into a cocktail, you can atomize it over the top. So that's particularly good for whiskey sours. Yep, because it gives you more uh, coverage space on the top of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it makes you look fancy. It does. It does. Uh, and the other fact I found out was the, uh, you know, the way the Angostura ones have the, the little bottle with the, the big label on the outside. Yes, yeah. The label yeah. is oversized for the bottle. Yep, yep. Which apparently was just a labeling error back in the day and people liked it. So, yeah. <laughs> why change it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a classy drink. I have to say, well, yeah. it's a classy ingredient. Brilliant. Well done. So, normal services yeah. resumed. <laughs> but the key thing is everybody has learned something. Yeah. Well done. Thank you for listening to The Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded, so we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at BizBevPod. If you'd like to support us further, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash BizBevPod. Uh, there you go. There you go. So I, I, I wasn't trying to be uh, smart. No, I was, I, like, I was like, I was, I, my head was going down a beer, a very beer direction. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Uh, that puts a, quite a different context on the next one.